All right, we're launching. I, I was thinking we could call this the getting to the point episode, and you said, well, shouldn't we always be getting to the point? Well, exactly. We should be. I would like to think that we do get to the point, but maybe our listeners could disagree with that. If, if you feel that we do ramble on too much, then let us know. All right. What's the agenda for today? Okay. So we selected a few topics here that, that piqued our interest. Uh, the first one that jumped out at us was uh, a headline that said 20 jobs that could disappear within the next 20 years. So we, we dug a little deeper on this one because there's some interesting jobs. Stuff that we might agree with stuff or disagree we, with. Yes. Or. Some stuff that we would agree maybe disagree with. Either way, it should make for an interesting conversation. Uh, We want to talk about autonomous vehicles and a bit of a story behind that one. That's why we wanted to discuss that today, very fittingly. Um, We also want to do a a couple of quick updates. Update on Adamson Barbecue. And for those listeners, probably about a year ago, um, we talked about um, a place called Adams and Barbecue, which had to do with COVID lockdowns. So yeah, they're in the news again. We're they're in the news again. So we want to fittingly that we update on that situation. Uh, last episode, you and I had a couple of challenges that we had posed to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just want to give a, a very quick update on that because we want to make sure our listeners are aware that we are going to follow through on that. And it's not just empty words. I know we're not crying wolf. We're, we're not going to cry. We're wolf. going to follow through. We've got a challenge. These were not, you know, anything too severe. Uh, is that where you want to kick off with that? Yeah. And just to finish up, we'll also, uh, talk about what we're watching or what we're spilling, what we're spilling <laughs> here, here. And Do you have a towel or something. Uh, geez, Mr. Spilly pants over there. Mr. Spills. And uh, story. Uh, normally we, we, finish off our episodes with, with a funny news story, but we're, we're going to do a, a number of them. The uh, ever popular topic, who effing cares? Uh, so I think that's always good for a few laughs. All right. Sounds good. Let's uh, jump into our updates. So mine's a quick one. I was supposed to go and find out about what's wrong with my memory, if anything. So I, I, my next step forward was I, I talked to my, I, I made an appointment with my general practitioner. That's it. I'm booked for, I think it's the 25th of October to have a conversation with them. I haven't seen the doctor in quite a while, so I'm going to bring up this concern of mine. And um, so no real update other than that at this point. And that's okay. As long as you're, uh, as long as the ball is being moved on that one. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't say something like, I'm glad you didn't forget. (laughs) Yeah, I could, but that would be, uh, yeah, maybe not so good on that. I have to be sensitive here. Sensitive and serious and yes. treat my situation very... Yes, yes, of course. Seriously. Yep. Okay, what do you... And you um, went... You were supposed to reach out to, uh, to the, our the, super fan. Yeah, the Raptors super fan, Mr. Which, uh, by the way, yeah. I sent you the picture. The day we did the last episode where we talked about Home Plate Lady and Nav Badja, I think is how you now say his name. Okay. They were at the game, the Blue Jay game, together... Not together, sitting together, but they were both at the Blue Jay game, sitting behind home plate. That's right, they were. Yeah, I was watching that game on TV, and it was it was so weird because yeah, I think it was the Saturday game, and we, it was Saturday. Yeah, and and we had recorded our episode on the Friday afternoon. Yeah, and it was weird. The very next day, that the the two of the people that we had talked about were 
pretty much sitting within four or five seats of each other. It was wild. And I saw on his Instagram, he posted a picture of himself behind, like he was on the field and everything. So I'm sure they just totally like said, hey, we're so glad to see you, put you on the field, take photos and totally soak up the Raptors super fan at the Blue Jay game. Yeah, exactly. So to give you my update on that one, um, I, I did put together an email. Uh, I sent it to Mr. Badger, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, I sent it to his um, the email address listed on his uh, Raptor Supervan, uh, his foundation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I, I have put together a proposal for him to hopefully participate in our podcast. I explained about our podcast and, and why we wanted to, to speak to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not heard back. I, I sent it earlier this week, so it's only been a few days, but uh, I will follow up. Um, so, yeah, I definitely w- we will. So keep- what did you say? What did you, what did you tell him or ask or what did you say? Well, I just explained about, uh, we talked about this, what our podcast stands for, what we, what we, our, what our typical you, topics. And I just said that we, one of our, our most recent episodes, we talked about uh, sports superfans and the home plate lady for Blue Jays and, mm-hmm. of course, the Raptor superfan. And we wanted to find out, have a discussion with him to find out about his experiences, how he became to be the rapper super fan. Mm-hmm. And is it something, does he, I'm, I'm sure he does, but in, enjoy the, the fanfare and the, the pub, uh, publicity. And the fact that he has a, a foundation, uh, obviously he has used that, uh, the, the fame to his advantage to be able to do some good. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, we'll it's, certainly it's pump enough. that up for him too. Exactly, it's a chance for maybe him to talk about his foundation. So to be continued. Okay, what do we got next? Well, uh, while we're on the topic of, of updates, why don't we talk about Adamson Barbecue? Yeah, uh, so I guess just to recap, Adamson Barbecue, we talked about episode. Did you write it, it was, down? Yeah, it was episode thirty-eight, and that was posted on December the ninth okay. of last year. So it's been almost a year. Um, since this guy's been in the news. And if you recall from last year, this was sort of at the height of the, of the COVID lockdowns. Um, yeah, that here occurred in last, yeah. yeah. Here in Toronto uh, last fall, I think it was the, the third phase. I've kind of lost track of these phases now. Um, but yeah, around this time last year, a lot of businesses were starting to close um, in and around Christmas time. There's a lot of, of buildup towards that. So that's, why the whole Adamson barbecue issue came about. Mm-hmm. And he was, he had really dug his heels in. He wasn't, uh, he was refusing to comply. With, he was letting people in his restaurant is what I remember, or is what I remember about it was he was f- refusing to shutter the doors and do takeout only like many restaurants had to do. He was actually letting people dine in the restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. And a whole melee came out of that. The police tried to go down there. I think at some point someone smashed through a wall to get into the place. Like it was absolutely ridiculous. So, and we do know that he had mounted quite a effort on GoFundMe because we did an update episode on GoFundMe where he had raised at least $300,000 from GoFundMe. So now he's... Um, That's right. We, we did an update episode. I think it was February or March uh, because you're right that the whole amount of money that he had raised from GoFundMe just seemed so 
bizarre that he had so much money and yeah. all of this was to fight I believe it was sort of earmarked for his legal defense fund. Right. So the reason why we're bringing this up now is because um, we have an update that Adamson Barbecue has announced that they are shutting down. So this closure comes in hand with the implementation of the vaccine passport. Most provinces in Canada have, have started to go this route. Um, so yeah, yeah. he said that he's uh, he won't comply with a vaccination passport rule like if you have to if as a restaurant owner if he has to check people he he's he's not going to do it yeah and i think that's why he closed down so if you recall the the owner of this restaurant a gentleman by the name of adam skelly and i think that was his primary motivation is that as of september 22nd because you now had to provide proof of vaccination in order to dine in um he says and I quote, I can't in good conscience comply with these orders. So this guy has been vocally opposed to lockdowns. Um, I'm not sure if he's a anti-vaxxer or anything like that. It, uh, I don't know if it quite goes into that much detail. But either way, I, I just, we both thought that that was really interesting. The fact that after all of that, after him being on the news and, oh yeah, the, the GoFundMe that was started to pay for his legal fees mm-hmm. garnered around $300,000 worth of support. Yeah. So where is that 300000 going? I'd, I'd like to know that. Well, he did have a lawyer who he had to fight all those charges he had earlier in the year, like or at the end of last year with regard to him opening when he wasn't supposed to be. So I remember he also, in the, we talked about it in the episode, how he, was going to be billed by the city of Toronto or something for like $150,000 for like having to send police out to his location. And the city was billing him for all the trouble that he was causing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think we had talked about, we felt that the city was probably overcharging him to make an example out of him to, to make him go away. But yeah, 300000 Dollars. I'm thinking. I think the only winner that came out of this was probably his lawyer. <laughs> well, there was <laughs> also kind of there was also another. He he was in the news a bit even before this, where he was apparently found with not having a license, a business license, and so he got into some trouble with that. And then he also had a one of his locations. I think he has three locations. One had a a sign on the on the window from the sheriff or whatever saying that he owed $45,000 in payments to to rent or to something and that they were forcing him to to close his business one of the locations because of that so i mean this guy's a real obviously a real piece of work yeah and there's a lot of this is um the the news source that we're reading this from is is blog to uh which we've We've used this source a couple times for TO means news. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, just reading the comments, there's quite a lot of mixed <laughs> mixed amount of comments. Some here that are not um you know probably appropriate. not probably not appropriate and suitable for talking about on uh Well I do mark this <laughs> on, as on podcast. I do in, in when I post these episodes, I do mark them as explicit. So yeah. if you want to share something, you, you can. Yeah. So there you go. Adams. So you're not going to? <laughs> well, Adamson Barbecue, no longer. So the uh, topic, the main topic I want to talk about today was 20 jobs that could disappear within 20 years. 
Uh, this was an article. This was posted by the AARP, which is American Association of Retired Persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, why don't we just kind of go through this list here? Because there's some here that make sense. Do they rank don't. it or is it just a list? It's just a list. I don't think it's like It doesn't say here's the number one job that's going to be gone. It's just a no, list. No. All right. Okay. So what, what are some of the jobs? And let's, let's give our opinion on whether we think that's right or not. Okay. Well, the, the first one they have on the list already, I sort of have an issue with. Okay. It's insurance risk, <laughs> yeah. risk engineer. Yeah. It's locomotive firers. Um, so locomotive firers are responsible for monitoring train signals and tracks to ensure that the train is traveling safety, safely. Firers. I picture yeah, this guy with someone shoveling coal into yeah, like the what bowels of the train. Yeah, so it's a weird description for which the job. was probably obsolete, oh, but 50, 75 years ago. But, but my issue with this is such a, a an obscure kind of a job. It says there's five hundred workers. I'm assuming this is probably U.S. Five hundred workers in 2018, and by 2028, it's 200. There's only five hundred people that do this. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty small. Small workforce. I wouldn't even include this on the list. It seems mm, kind of weird. Firers. Okay. Yeah. Right. Actually, and, and sorry, I should point out, this this list is jobs that will disappear in 10 years. Okay. So I, I should, we, we should correct that. So, so what do these guys do again? They they light, they don't light signals. They Well, they turn them on, like signals? Monitoring train signals and tracks. And I guess because it's a job that's becoming more... Uh, automated more Computers automated by this. technology that's probably why all right so if you are yeah. a, a a locomotive fire then uh watch know, out you may be watch out extinct I, I don't know any personally do you no okay okay what's the next one respiratory therapy technicians hmm. okay uh, monitoring and using ventilators with and all other the oxygen devices to help with the treatment of patients in emergency rooms boy that sounds i mean wow, in this like, day and age that sounds like a very popular job yeah well <laughs> I I should point out this list is as of 2018. So right, when so they did this dated. list, they probably, yeah, it is a little bit dated considering what's been going on the last year and a half. I would think that respiratory therapy technicians have created a resurgence based on what's been So this article that was posted COVID. in 2018 means that in eight years, these jobs will be gone. Yeah. Well, okay, actually, it says here, among uh, these people have been essential and heroic during the COVID-19 pandemic, but nevertheless, the number of jobs with this title is expected to shrink. Um, I guess uh, some of these technicians will move up to roles as respiratory therapists. Okay. All right. What else? Parking enforcement officers. Oh, yeah. Now, I did see this. I saw, because I saw a sneak peek of this article, and I thought, how are they going to be extended? like gone or like what's what are they saying about that well they said projected drop of 36 percent in the workforce but it doesn't say why these people why why these jobs would, would shrink because how else are you supposed to provide parking tickets or parking infractions yeah i, I just don't see anything because it's not something that can be automated I wonder you can't if, have a robot that goes around and gets tickets. It just well, yes, you could. I guess so, but I don't know. I don't think that technology is going to be anytime soon. Not in the next ten years. Maybe the reason why they say they're re- going to disappear or at least drastically reduce is because of how quickly that police officers can issue tickets these days. 
you know, in the old days you would walk up to a, a car and have to write down all the details and then you'd tear off the sheet, put it on the windshield, and then you'd pocket it and take it back to wherever you're going to move on to the next car. I think it's been pretty automated anyway, because when I've seen any parking, uh, parking enforcement officers, it's all done on a, on a iPad or something like that. So I think it's fairly automated already, but yeah. you, you still need a physical person to mm-hmm. walk up and down the street and point out an infraction and issue a ticket. I wonder if I, I, I just don't see that one, that one I, I'm going to disagree with. I, I don't, understand how you could have uh, a shrinkage of parking enforcement officers. I just think because of the automation aspects of it, that it'll just get even easier to, to not, not have to have people spending all the time doing the ticket writing. And yeah, it has been automated for a while. I mean, these, these guys just go up now. They just, I think they just take a picture of the license plate and the things that got a GPS on it. So it probably knows exactly where they are. Um, Okay, what what else? Word processors and typists. Uh, so it says clerical duties are in the office, such as typing reports and letters and filing and storing digital documents. Well, yeah, I guess so. I think things are starting to become more automated. Um, nobody uses a typewriter anymore. So that one I can sort of see. All right, give me something. Um, um, so they, they got watch repairers. Oh, yeah. Which that i can yeah, see yeah yeah not that there's that many people look in the watch you, i'm looking business. at your wrist you've got a a watch yeah, a I've, digital watch was it a fitbit yeah i've got a fitbit watch i've got an apple watch yeah those don't require some guy with one of those like what do they call those things monocles yeah not a monocle with a little magnifying where you look yeah. at the small parts of a watch and with your little tools and stuff i mean mm-hmm. yeah those every with the fitbit and wearables uh, fitness wearables, I could totally. And plus, hey, if I want to know the time, I pick up my phone and I say, oh, yeah. it's 5.50. Yeah, you're right. It's it's weird. People just don't really wear watches anymore. Like you only wear a watch maybe in a, in a business setting or like to a formal event, you would put on a mm-hmm. nice watch. It's more of a dress thing. It's a do. dress thing. But for just hanging around everyday stuff, yeah, I wear my Fitbit watch. I have a beautiful watch. Um, it's beautiful. And I haven't worn it in two years. Yeah. Because... Well, the pandemic doesn't help because I'm not really going to wear it around the house. It's it's just so nice to look at the face of a real watch, but it doesn't count my steps. It doesn't have my Nike Run Club app on it. It doesn't count my, you know, the various other things. So, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. But give me a couple more. Yeah. There's, some of these jobs are a little bit obscure, so I'll just kind of pick and choose here. Um, telephone operators? Uh, callers are more likely to ask Siri rather than ask a human operator for help finding a phone mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. Um, it says when AT&T broke up in 1984, it employed 40,000 operators. Now there's only like 5,700. So yeah, you're right. How often do you phone up the operator or phone up to ask for a phone number? It's what Google is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, postmasters and mail superintendents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with email and although email, I would argue. Okay, here's one. I'm going to throw. The, I'm going to totally take us in a different direction for a sec. Email will be obsolete in ten years. Agree or disagree? Email. Yeah. I'm going to disagree. How could you not have email? Because it's still using that for for work. Yeah. Well, you got text messages and. 
WhatsApp and all those things? I'm going to disagree because, yes, although there's instant message and and text messages, but you still need paper trails. Mm -hmm. You still need emails to document the files. Right. So I think you will always have emails because of it's a, it's a, it's a formalized paper trail. I think it's, I think correspondence. I think though the use of email has drastically reduced in the last few years because of text messaging and because of, I saw an article actually earlier today that says people are, it might've said clients or colleagues. I can't remember what it said, but said that they are, some great, some high percentage more likely to respond to your text message quickly than an email? Well, certainly internally within companies, because for myself, at my company, we use instant message quite a bit. So I think... What do you mean? Like MS Teams or... um, Yeah. So like a a Skype instant message type of thing. Because you Skype? Yeah. We're going to switch over. Oh boy, you guys are in the dark ages. <laughs> anyway, we use sort of like an instant message type of thing. Yeah, we do too. We um, use Teams. Yeah. Yeah, typically. Which you, I like, actually. Would, I, I prefer, I think these emails, I can't go through these emails, like yeah. four paragraph emails about That's this true. and you, that. You do get way too many emails. But I agree, the paper trail thing is important. Yeah. Okay, what else? Any well, others? Well, just, just to finish up on the on the post service, um, yeah, I, I think there's always, although the postal service has seen its mail volume decline, um, I think there's still always going to be a need for mail. People are, st- especially, and if anything, I think they've probably had a, a bit of a resurgence during COVID because people are shopping more from home. Mm-hmm. So there's more online purchases, in which case that's what's probably keeping the post office in business. Nobody mails letters anymore. Wait, how does it keep them in business? Well, because of all the packages. Oh, they're delivering yeah, all the, the stuff. delivery of, of packages back and forth. But with companies like Amazon, is Amazon using the postal service? I don't know. Some maybe for some products, possibly. I don't think they do. Well, maybe they do. Postal Give service. Give me a provocative one. Oh. Tell me one that's like on that list that says where we're both going to say, "Really? Is there anything there?" Well, okay, legal secretaries. I think you're always going to need legal secretaries. I remember seeing it was a a list that said something like jobs that have a high chance of being automated and therefore mm -hmm. could be, could disappear. And pilot was actually on that list. Oh yeah. Sorry. I just, I noticed that there's about four or five jobs on this list that are just related to the postal service. So they, they really have it out for the uh, the mail carriers. Yeah. Mail carriers. Um, okay, here's one that caught me by surprise. Executive secretaries and administrative assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it's saying that, yeah, more businesses are streamlining their operations using software to fill some of these duties. But I don't know. I think you still need executive secretaries. I, I don't picture, like, there's always going to be administrative responsibilities. And al- although a lot of stuff is being automated, you still have to have someone that that still feeds that information and, and kind now, of... Now, is it saying it's they're just going to drastically reduce in number or that they're going to be obsolete? Reduce in number. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, okay. But again, that, that's where the, the headline here, jobs that could disappear in 20 or 10 mm. years or whatever, that's where it's very misleading. It is. And so, that's a whole other topic that we've we yeah, have talked we're about. We're going to talk about that before, about how... 
many uh, titles of articles and, and, you know, the whole clickbait thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. disappear is a little different than reduce in number, which is sort of like splitting hairs a bit. Exactly. So the, the actual title of this says 20 jobs that could disappear forever. Oh, you got to throw forever in there to forever. make it seem even yeah, more. Like, ooh, yeah. But yeah, that's where it's very misleading. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential. Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting, Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. Um, one of the th- the, an odd thing that we saw today... Um, we want to talk about autonomous vehicles. And the reason I bring this up is because where I live in, in Whitby, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto, um, in my neighborhood, I, I kept seeing, um, I guess, signage on hydro poles and stuff saying uh, autonomous vehicle or, or watch for autonomous vehicle or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. like, what autonomous vehicle? I've never seen this thing. Well, lo and behold, I actually saw this thing. It's it's an autonomous driverless car, and I I I want to do a little bit of research to figure out what the purpose is behind this thing as to to why this thing has been created, um, as to to what it's supposed to do. All right, so we saw this this thing as you describe it. Yeah, when we were coming out of the Go train station. That's our commuter train system here, and I spotted it, and then I said, "What is that thing?" And it was like a little tiny bus. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a quarter the size of a, of, of a regular like public transit bus, and it was kind of jerking around, and it had some lights on it. It looked a little bit strange. Yeah, there, there was a guy on board, and, and you're right; it looked like it was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, I, I took a picture, so we will definitely post it on the show notes so mm-hmm. that our listeners can get an idea as to what it is we're talking about. But yeah, when you see this picture, it's it's much smaller than I thought. This thing, it's like a, a little. A little bit bigger than a car. So, okay, you don't... I'm assuming that there's no driver on this thing. And there's maybe, no driver, but there's an attendant on it. Yeah, I, maybe. I'm, I'm we not sure. We saw a guy. There was a guy in yeah, it. Yeah, unless he was testing He looked it. like he was just confused as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of bouncing around inside the thing. Like, yeah. like he was trying to get control of the, of the system. <laughs> yeah, muttering to himself. But this thing only... Looks like it holds maybe six or eight people not that many people and especially now during covid when they're practicing social distancing you're jam- like, you're jammed in there like yeah, a sardine like to, to have like 12 people in this thing just doesn't really make a lot of sense so anyway i just wanted to bring that up because it was such a, a bizarre sighting today this this little autonomous bus it was smaller than i thought and i'm just wondering like how is this going to be successful like, what is the purpose behind it? And is anyone actually going to use this thing? Because I yeah. live in a, we live in a, a subdivision where we're very reliant on on our cars. Maybe this might work better in like a downtown setting where people rely more on public transit or people uh, don't have vehicles. But I don't know. I picture this thing being a absolute failure after millions of dollars being invested by various levels of government. Okay, well, okay. So a lot of the stuff going on around autonomous vehicles is in the experimental stage, right? So the, Google's been doing this where they've been driving vehicles around California. 
a lot of this is experimental and they're just trying things out. Like Google, for example, is doing um, testing with, with autonomous vehicles, Uber, Lyft. These guys are all, all playing around with autonomous vehicles and most of them are not actually driverless. There's actually somebody in there who is manning these vehicles. I think what by the sounds of what this is, is it's just experimental. And I think you said there's a number of partners that are involved. There's the government of Ontario. There's uh, one of the local colleges. Yeah. Probably their like engineering team or, or um, robotic whatevers are, are all involved in this to see if, yeah, while like it may look weird today, might be something really real in five years. You never know. It could be. Yeah. You said you get various levels of government that have funded this thing. Uh, God only knows how much this thing is costing because it's coming out of taxpayer it's dollars. It's coming out of your pocket. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm paying for this thing. Uh, I'm sure there is a lot of uh, uh, private funding as well. I think Nokia. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... that's a pretty big company that would... It's Anyway, the point being is that, yes, I'm sure this thing is not cheap. So, yeah, I'd like to know... Well, first of all, I hope it's good use of taxpayer money. Um, but it just, it seemed kind of bizarre. That's all. Um, it did look bizarre. It was kind of jerking around. I think it hit the curb and bounced off at one point. And the guy inside looked like he was completely had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I, just you know, along for the ride. If I had the recording equipment set up, we could have run out there and asked for an interview. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would have been able to actually open the door for us. Yeah. All right, what's next? Well, uh, we can talk about what we're watching. Yeah, so you you were going to bring something up the last time, and I, this is a show I've heard a lot about and have not seen. So tell us what you're what you're watching. Well, a show that I'm watching that can I can I get another beer before you continue. Yeah, I drank it. If you're looking around for the second one, I already drank it. In the fridge. Yeah, I have to go. Okay, you you talk while I go get the beer. We really do sound like D- Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, this is a very relaxed setting here. Yeah, Clark can help himself. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, a show oh, that I'm watching. A show that I'm watching called uh, Ted Lasso. Um, it's on Apple TV, and it's uh, two seasons. I believe uh, ten episodes a season. They're only about maybe 30 to 40 minutes each episode. So they're pretty easy to, to get through. Uh, it's, you know, to be able to, to go through two seasons is, is pretty quick, but yeah, it's such a, a, a great show. Um, and, and it's, it's one of, the, so it's, it's great because it's easy to consume. It's well, quick, it's funny, witty, sort of all of the above. It's just, it's one of those shows that's kind of, it's, it's uplifting um got we great, need that right well now. exactly yeah like if, if you're looking for a light-hearted show that has a good storyline but has sort of a, a feel-good um yeah sort of a feel-good show then that's a, a great one to tune into it's um stars jason sudeikis and um he basically well he plays a was he a, in the office no i don't think so so he plays a football coach that was hired to become a head coach of a uh, English premier soccer team. And yes. it's, it's a lot more to it than just soccer. And, and really the, the soccer is just kind of a secondary, um, sort of a secondary storyline to it. 
it's all about his integration, like him sort of adjusting to, to life in the UK and, you know, the, the, the people that, that he meets, um, you know, like the, the, the soccer players, the, uh, you know, the, the friends that he makes, um, it, it's, it's kind of hard to describe because it is not really any one particular, uh, I guess, storyline per se. It's just sort of talking about his, his life and in, I guess, maybe his own, you know, maybe personal uh, issues that he deals with. But it's one of those shows where, where you really get to like the supporting cast, which is, which is huge. I, I like that when shows that you become invested within all the characters and there's a lot of character development in the show as well. Well, the office is a good example of that. There's so many characters in that. It's an ensemble cast, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Led by usually a strong person like Steve Carell in the office, Jason Sudeikis. And yeah, but yeah, I feel like a show that has good writing. It's, it's humorous. Um, you know, it's lighthearted, but it still tackles some, some more serious topics. Um, but you you come away feeling good. It's not one of those shows that that's a downer. And quite frankly, we we need more shows that uh, that make you feel good. So I highly recommend Ted Lasso. Uh, my wife and I have been watching it, and we just finished the the last episode. Uh, there will be a season three probably next year sometime. Uh, but yeah, awesome show. Highly, highly recommend it. All right. Well, I've heard a lot about it. Um, and I was, you know, the guy that I was thinking of that was in the office is Ed Helms. Ed Helms is, uh, who I was thinking was the Jason Sudeikis guy, but no, it's not. Yeah. All right. So for me, a little more on the serious side right now, mental health is becoming, uh, thankfully, a, a topic that is something a lot of people are talking about, feeling comfortable talking about. Famous people are coming out and, and describing their challenges with mental health. The re- most recent one here, Carrie Price, goaltender for the Maple Le- People will kill me for that. Goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens, who expressed that he was um, going through some very difficult time times with with uh, his mental health and came out and has received a ton of support from the sporting community and from fans this show that i'm speaking of that i just watched it's called breaking point there's a series of these breaking points but this one features a tennis player named marty fish so it's called uh untold and it's well the the docu series is called untold breaking point um, tells Marty Fish's story of mental health and anxiety like never before. Mental health doesn't care what your name is or what you do for a living. Fish is what Fish said. Um, everyone is in their own bubble with stresses, pressures, and expectations on themselves, no matter what job title they have. Mine just happened to involve playing in front of a lot of people, but my issues would be no different from any other person's. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people haven't heard of Marty Fish, but he actually was a very accomplished tennis player, American tennis player. He he's his arch rival was Andy Roddick, which a lot of people do know his name, and I think because he rose to a higher degree of prominence overall. But Marty Fish was a great tennis player in his own right, and he talks in the documentary about uh, he was supposed to play Nadal, Rafael Nadal, 
and uh, I think it was Nadell. He he canceled the match. He was in the I think it was the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open. And he canceled because he just could not mentally participate in that match. And you also hear about some other matches he did where he was like halfway through the match, he just started getting all these voices coming into his head and these doubts and these this. He said he had never experienced it on the court before until this this moment, and. It, it was interesting because the early days of Marty Fish and Andy Roddick, these kids were getting it pounded into them that, you know, you've got to be mentally tough. You've got to be, you can't show weakness. Never let the other side know what, that you're, you know, afraid or, or struggling. And this really shines a light on, on all of that, that how we're even teaching our kids you know, attitudes toward mental fitness. Back in his day, it was like you're a weakling if you're if you show any kind of mental uh, weakness. So it's a really good story. I don't want to give too much more detail to it, but uh, it's called Untold Breaking Point. Marty Fish. It's on Netflix. Uh, excellent series or excellent episode. It's about an hour and a half, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it's just like a, a one episode or is it like a, a couple of different episodes? Well, his is one episode, but Untold Breaking Point is a series on Netflix. So there's others. I don't know any of the others, but oh, okay. He's it's one of the episodes is the Marty Fish episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, I will definitely check that out because, um, yeah, it's interesting what you say about Carey Price. It seems like there's more and more... Um, like sports athletes are coming out speaking ab- out about uh, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've known about it in the NFL for a number of years. And, and a lot of that was probably due to, uh, you know, uh, concussions and stuff like that. But yeah. it's, um, it's very prevalent in, in other sports. So it's glad that it's that topic is being discussed. And I like what he says though. It's not, it doesn't matter what your job title is. You have these pressures, whether you're a famous tennis player, whether you're, an executive assistant, you know, use it, borrow an example from the, the list of just disappearing jobs. We all can go through this. It's not about, and some people might say, oh, well, he has millions of dollars. How, why is he having, sorry, not relevant. And in fact, sometimes even exacerbates it even more. Okay, we're moving on to who effing cares. Yeah, normally we finish up with... Uh with a, a funny news story. So this well, kind of piled up a bunch yeah, of this is, cares. The, yeah, this is uh, a whole bunch of different ones. And we had fun last time we did this. So I thought we, it was great to kind of revisit this. All right. And, who's going first? Well, um, I got a couple I got to throw out there right away. All right. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. So trending in style, Kate Middleton's lady latest outfit is the, these are headlines by the way. Okay. These are headlines. Kate Middleton's latest outfit is the definition of business on top, party on the bottom. Well, it's interesting to know what the party on the bottom means. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I just have the headline. The other one is Drew Barrymore surprises John Stamos, E.T., obsessed son. Okay, that's strange. I guess she showed up at a party or something. Like, Yeah, that's odd. Okay, what do you got? Well... Yeah, these headlines, <laughs> if you recall from, from the, one of the prior episodes when we sort of introduced this this segment, and yeah, it, a lot of it has to do with the whole clickbait. Um, I think one of the worst sites for it has got to be Yahoo, 
when you when you scroll down the the main feed of Yahoo, you just see some absolutely moronic headlines here, mm-hmm. and you know it, you kind of click on it maybe as like a, a guilty pleasure or something like that. Do if you, you get pleasure out of these? No, things? I don't. But I can see why some people would maybe click on it. But yeah, when when you look at it, and it's like you wonder why is this news? So the one I'm looking at here says. Uh, Billie Eilish didn't pay attention to royal protocol when she met the royal family. Hmm. Like, who cares? I don't care. No, who effing cares? No, who effing cares? Okay, I got one. Cameron Diaz explains why she's not attracted to husband Benji Madden's twin. Because they're not the same. (laughs) Wow, newsflash. Beyonce posed like a bombshell in a deep plunge halter dress with a thigh-high leg slit. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Prince William and Kate Middleton are keenly aware of their children's different destinies as royals. <laughs> Good. I'm glad they're keenly aware. Yeah. But why is that headline? Like, why, why, why do we care? Colin, Colin or Colin Jost says his mom didn't understand why he and Scarlett Johansson named their son Cosmo. <laughs> That's news, Paul. That's a headline. Yeah. yeah. Details of Lily Mountbatten-Windsor's christening have emerged. So that's uh, Megan and Harry's daughter. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about those people. I just don't care. Uh, Angelina Jolie hugs daughter Zahara 16 on red carpet before honoring extraordinary Amanda Gorman. (laughs) Okay. See Steve Jobs' youngest daughter Eve make her runway debut during Paris Fashion Week. These are major headlines. Kourtney Kardashian wore a sheer corset mini dress to dinner with Travis Barker. I, first of all, why do I care? I don't even know who Travis Barker is, nor do I care who he is. Like, this is absolute nonsense. I think we should title this this segment Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Any others there? Yeah, and then there, there's weird ads. Thousands of men are getting hair back with this. <laughs> so this is, you know, some solution the, for balding men. And yeah. the, this is supposed to get you to click on it and find yeah. out what this is. Yeah. Yeah, you just shake your head when you're, you're when you're scrolling through these headlines. Like, no wonder it's such, you know, the whole thing about fake news and just the amount of garbage that we're exposed to. This one here, Gwen Stefani, fifty one, takes off makeup, leaves us with no words. Yeah, yeah, and I hate the ones like, for example, um, Elizabeth Shue steps out at fifty eight and looks unrecognizable. <laughs> Is that supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Maybe that's why they want us to click on it. Well, can you look at it? Okay, maybe we should should we click on it? I don't I don't want to I don't want to patronize them. I, I don't want to enable them because if you don't we don't want to click if, on it, I want to know does if, she look if recognizable? We, if we click or not? on it, then that means that they're going to you know, keep track doing, you. Yeah, they're going to track us. And the it, other the other one I see sometimes are where it's clearly just the insert the city that they're picking up your IP address from. So here's what cleaning services in Scarborough should actually cost. Yeah. Yeah. And if this was here in Whitby, the same ad would say, you know, cleaning services in Whitby, but they're all designed to kind of get your backup, get you kind of like, Oh really? What, what I got to check that out. Am I being ripped off? Yeah. 
And here's another one. Sold out items you should never buy at Costco. Here's why. Yeah. Again, yeah. like kind of show a picture you, of like, a seasoned ooh, no. rotisserie chicken. So you're looking at it and probably a lot of people have bought seasoned rotisserie chicken from Costco and then they, they wonder, oh my God, am I poisoning my family? Yeah. When you click on it, it probably doesn't even include the chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the other, you're right. Yeah. Some of these will have these weird pictures of something. Yeah. And then when you go in the article, it actually won't talk about that thing the picture was of. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be something obscure because most people probably buy the chicken and click on it thinking, oh my God, it's something I should know about it. And right. probably it has nothing, nothing wrong with it. And the other ones here, like uh, Jennifer Gray, 61, try not to smile when you see her. Try not to smile. Like, give me a break. Really? Jennifer Gray, was she in uh, Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing, yeah. She's 61. Yeah. Huh. How so, old's Matthew Broderick now? Probably around the same age. But, you know, when you click on a picture of Jennifer Gray, just try not to smile, okay? We got anything else? I think that's it. We've covered a lot of stuff today. We did. We covered a lot. And um, yeah, episode 61's done. And I'll see you at episode 62, Paul.